and ask you to take God's Word with me this evening to the Old Testament book of Jeremiah. The book of the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah in chapter number 1. And uh, ask you to take your Bibles there. We'll, we'll take our Scripture reading from Jeremiah chapter 1 uh, this, this evening. Very thankful for the opportunity to speak and I'm very thankful um, for this church and what the Lord is doing here and uh, thankful to be counted amongst you guys. And uh, the Lord has given us this body, this church to, to work together with, to live and to serve the Lord as the body of Christ, as a local manifestation of His work in this world. And so great responsibility is laid upon us. And um, very thankful for you guys. Jeremiah chapter number 1. I'd like to start by reading verse number 1 through 7 and then uh, see what God has for us this evening. And uh, I hope and pray that as I, as I speak and as I share God's Word that you would, you would look at it and, and allow it to speak to you. And uh, my words in comparison to the words of God are, are frail and nothing. And so let, let us allow God's Word to speak to us this evening. Jeremiah chapter number 1, verse number 1. The Word of God reads, The words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah of the priests that were in Anathoth in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the thirteenth year of his reign. It came also in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, unto the end of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, unto the carrying away of Jerusalem captive in the fifth month. Then, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Then said I, Ah, oh, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee. And whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. And we'll stop there. May God, and we know God, adds his blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word. I like this book of Jeremiah. And uh, I'm, just, I'm just trying to wrap my, my mind around it and to understand uh, what is happening in this book. But I think uh, as I spend more and more time in the book of Jeremiah and really in the prophets as a whole, as anyone would, you'll get, begin to see how similar the times of Jeremiah are to our times and to our current situation. Um, in, in the Old Testament, uh, there are many big events and, and big things that happen. You see creation in the beginning of Genesis, and then you see the, the Noah's Ark in Genesis, and you see then this nation of Israel uh, selected and chosen out. And then you see the Exodus, and then you see uh, many other great events. You see the rise and fall of many kings, and, and really the pinnacle of Israel's history as, as David 
and Solomon are king and, and Israel really is one of the, the greatest world powers of this day. But as you continue to read into the, to the Old Testament and you get into the book of Kings and then you go through it again in the book of Chronicles, you begin to see that Israel starts to, starts to tank, if you will. They start to, to nosedive. They're losing steam. They're losing power. And Israel begins to go really full steam ahead towards the world, towards wickedness, towards idolatry and idolatry. It begins to go towards uh, covetousness. Basically, everything that God forbid, Israel goes after. And by the day of Jeremiah, when this great prophet stands to speak, Israel has gone so far from God so far from what God would have ever desired for them, that it seems as if they're at the point of no return. And you'll know that truly they don't return. Though Jeremiah stands and preaches and calls them time and time again to turn to God, to get right with God, they don't. And by 586 B.C., really the greatest low point in the Old Testament we see as the temple of God is destroyed and Jerusalem is decimated. And uh, this, this is that great event, really, the, the fall of Jerusalem, 586 B.C., when, when the temple is, is torn down, the, 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 the instruments of the temple are all packed up and taken to Babylon. This is really the, the main event, if you will, of the prophets. And as you read through the major and the minor prophets and really 1 and 2 Kings and 1 and 2 Chronicles, it's all about the coming of this event that Israel has fallen because they did not seek God's face. This is, this is what's ha- happening here. But amidst this great fall, amidst this great plunge, God in His grace and His mercy and His patience towards His chosen people he sends prophets he sends really i mean if you look if you look throughout the the old testament and the new testament and look throughout the pages of history god has time and time again sent men to who he would rise up to lead the nation you look back in abraham back in genesis again god sent abraham he was a chosen vessel then you see moses then you see Joshua, and then you see the judges as God raises men like Gideon and, and, and Samson up to, to help be deliverers. Then he finally sends David. He sends eventually Isaiah and the prophets, Jeremiah. In the New Testament, he sends men like Peter and Paul, and then eventually we see men like Timothy and Titus who are, who are leading in the churches. God was always sending people to reach the lost to care for the souls of those who are hurting and dying, to to encourage the believer as they go. God has sent men. And that's exactly, that's precisely what happens in Jeremiah chapter number 1 as we find our prophet being called by Almighty God. Notice what it says in verse number 4. Now, the the theme of of Jeremiah chapter 1 is really this, the word of the Lord in the words of Jeremiah. You see that in verses 1 and 2 that God Almighty sends a message through a human instrument who is to bring these words. And these are words that make a difference. 
Words do make a difference. How shall they hear without a preacher? And I wonder if you would listen to the Word of God tonight. Verse number 4, Then the Word of the Lord came unto me. What a beautiful thought that God spoke to Jeremiah. But notice what he says very specifically. Verse number 5, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Very interesting. There's four things there very specifically that God Almighty, as He's speaking to Jeremiah, says that He's done. First of all, He says this, before I formed thee. Now, there's each of these four things that are mentioned. Uh, an entire sermon could could be preached on. And, and tonight, I, I won't deal and we won't look at all of these, but it, notice that God says, I formed thee. He made Jeremiah. Now, this is, this is a, a truth and a, a doctrine that is understood all the way back in, in Genesis chapter number 2. The Scriptures say that God formed Adam. It then says that He made Eve. Man and woman and all created things were created by God. All things were made by Him, and by Him all things consist. God gave Jeremiah life as He has done to every living soul, and He specifically says this, in the belly. Again, He says it in, in, in later on, out of the womb. He makes it very clear that before Jeremiah had ever even been born, He had a plan, and He had a will for His life. He formed thee. Secondly, He says this, I knew thee. And now he says, I formed thee first, but he, he says the word before I formed thee. So really he could say, I knew thee before I formed thee. God had already known Jeremiah. He already had planned out his life. He already knew what he was going to do with him and how he was going to use him. Again, a sermon could be preached on those three words. I knew thee. I formed thee. I knew thee. Then he says this, and before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. He set him apart for a specific task. God had a plan for his life. It wasn't an accident that Jeremiah was born. It wasn't an accident, can I say this? It wasn't an accident that you were born. You are here with a purpose. You are here with a life that has been given to thee from God Almighty. I wonder what will you do with it? And then he says this, the last, the last thing, he, he formed him, he knew him, he sanctified him, but he says this, and this is what I want to look at this evening. He says, I ordained thee. Amen. I ordained thee. But he, he goes a little bit farther and he gives us a little bit more understanding in this, in this, th- this statement. He says, I ordained thee, notice this, a prophet unto the nations. Now before you turn off, I, I, I do encourage you to keep listening because you're going to say, well, this is a message for Jeremiah, but it's not a message for me. It is a message for you. God wouldn't have recorded it in His Word if it wasn't for you. We wouldn't have it. There are many other things the Scriptures tell us in, in the book of John that m- miracles and things that Jesus Christ did and said that weren't written, but these are written. Why? that ye might believe that He is the Christ, the Son of God. And I wonder tonight, would you read with me these words and understand them? I ordain thee a prophet of the nations. 
See, God had a plan and he was preparing Jeremiah's life. Before Jeremiah even was born, before Jeremiah knew what was going to happen, God was already unconsciously preparing him. That's what uh, Pastor Sexton always would tell us. uh, Talk about unconscious preparation, how God had something for him. And God has something for you. He didn't save you and add you to his body that you could just be uh, an, an extra body, spare body part that the rest of the body could lug around. He gave you a purpose. He ordained thee. Notice what it says specifically here. I ordained thee. We, we could say he appointed him. He chose him. He has selected him. He, he put his hand upon him. He anointed him for a task. Notice what he says. I ordained thee. What? I ordained thee a prophet. I ordained thee a prophet. Now, I doubt that any of you here tonight in one sense, would consider yourself prophets or prophetesses. None of you are probably, I don't think any of you would be bold enough in this church to say that you've come to to foretell the future or to tell some some new word, some word that has not been written down. In in fact, um, but but God had, had ordained him for a specific role. God had chosen him to be a prophet. Now, there are Many, many men and women, I, I, I love how it says this, I, who, who ordained him? Who, who chose Jeremiah? It, it wasn't, it wasn't a group of believers. Now we do see that in the book of Acts where, where men ordained other men for the ministry. But very specifically, God says this, that God Almighty ordained, he chose Jeremiah. There are a lot of men and women who are ordained in this world. You can look at men like Benny Hinn and Joyce Meyer. She's a woman, but you can look at her. You can look at Kenneth Copeland. You can look at Joel Olstein. Many uh, people who are ordained. But I wonder, are they God-ordained? Is the hand of God truly upon them? Maybe, maybe tonight you... You think that God has chosen you for something. Can I tell you, there was an evidence in Jeremiah's life that God had His hand upon him. He he had used him. He had touched him. He desired to do something with him. God ordained him. And He ordained him a prophet. Now in the, in the scriptures, there are, there are prophets. The, the first prophet, the book of the, you got to go to the end of the Bible to find out who the first prophet was. But in the book of Jude, it tells us that Enoch was a prophet. And in the book of Acts, we know that we understand that Agabus was the last prophet that we understand from the scriptures. So Enoch and Agabus and all amongst them, there are, there are prophets, men and women, specifically men who are standing up to, to share the word of God, to foretell the future. And there was the school of prophets and a lot of different things there. But we see the writing prophets. We see the written prophets. But ultimately, when we think of prophecy, when we think of somebody who is a prophet, we think of somebody who is going to foretell. Someone who is going to tell what is going to happen in the future. But I want you to understand something. When you read the prophets, and, and this may be one of the reasons that I think the prophets are so neglected as, as, a, as a part of God's Word and and much of the Old Testament is often neglected, but especially the prophets. They're too hard to understand. I don't really know what they're saying. I don't know how it applies to my life. But what you have to understand is that Jeremiah and the other prophets didn't just foretell the future. 
much of which when you read them has already come to pass, proving their validity. But much of what they say is also forth-telling. In other words, not only is it saying what's going to happen in the future, but it is also calling people to make a change in their life. In, in, in other words, we could say very simply, you know what they were doing? They were preaching. The, the men that stood up like Jeremiah were preachers. They stood up and, and they proclaimed the Word of God. And as, as you read a man like Je- Jeremiah or, I, or Isaiah or, or, or Amos or Hosea, or you, you pick one of the prophets, Elijah, they weren't weak men. They weren't frail. They were men who stood up and they pleaded for the souls of mankind. They, they looked, Jeremiah stood in the gates of, of the temple and he looked upon the people of Judah and he said, if you don't get right with God, the fire is coming. Judgment is at hand. They, they realized that the people they were looking at, if they did not get right with God, they would be destroyed. Can I tell you, it's not that different today. It's not different at all. When you go out into the streets and, and you stand on the box to preach, or, or when you go out with the leaflet into the grocery store or, or, or to the shop to, to t- try to reach somebody with the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's not that different. It's not that different. You are pleading with souls. In fact, some of you here this evening are souls who if you don't get right with God, you will face destruction. And I don't say that. We don't. No, no Christian would ever say that with a joy in their heart. Because Jesus Christ, I don't think, ever would have said that. He was moved with compassion when he looked upon the multitudes. That's why you see Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, pleading. Jeremiah 2.35, Behold, I will plead with thee, because thou sayest, I have not sinned. Pleading, the weeping prophet, weeping for the souls of a nation. He cared for them. He wasn't just a man going about his job, going about his business. This is what God's called me to do. I'm going to travel up and down Jerusalem and and Judah, and I'm just going to share what God... No, he cared. He cared. He didn't care just about the Word of God, but he cared about the souls of men. I wonder, do you care for people's souls? God had ordained him a prophet. Maybe God hasn't ordained you a prophet or a preacher, but God has ordained you as a, as a witness. And we'll look more at that in a bit. He says this, I ordained thee a prophet. And then he says this, I ordained thee a prophet. Notice what he says. Unto Jerusalem? Unto Judah? Unto Anathoth, where you're from? No, he says this. Unto the nations. Unto the nations. We serve a global God. 
And this isn't, this isn't something new. It's, it's, not a, it's not a heart that God just got when He was in the New Testament in the book of Acts. He, he didn't just think, you know what? While I'm saving the Jews, I, I, I might as well save some of the Gentiles too. No, God had a plan. You see this, before I formed thee, I knew thee. God was not surprised. I'll say this, God was not surprised in the Garden of Eden when Eve took of that fruit. It didn't shock God. He knew it would happen. God knows these things. Do I understand His knowledge of it? No, I'm sorry. I don't understand with my finite mind an infinite God, but God knew. And God knew from the beginning of time that He was going to send from the seed of a woman one to bruise the head of the seed of the serpent, Genesis 3.15. That God knew that He had a plan of redemption, that He would send His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to come to this earth, to live a perfect sinless life, and then to take upon Himself the sins of the world. And God, God would, would, would look at Him as a sacrifice, a propitiation, an atonement for our sins. You look at the life of, of, of Jeremiah. He was a prophet unto the nations, unto Egypt, unto Moab, unto Babylon, into, into that day. And his, his day as he was prophesying, his message wasn't just for Jerusalem. You can see as he speaks in these different nations to these different people. But can I tell you, Jeremiah is still speaking. The Word of God is quick. It's alive. And Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah, this written Word is still alive. It is still speaking to England today. If you listen to these words, it is still speaking unto this nation. It is speaking to America. It is speaking into Europe. It is speaking to Africa and to Asia and to South America. For the few people who choose to live in Antarctica, it is speaking. Speaking unto the nations and to the world today. God wasn't concerned just about His chosen people. He had a message for the nations. You read through, through, the, through the Scriptures and you see this. Genesis chapter 12, verse 3, as God looked at Abraham, a chosen, a chosen vessel. In verse number 3, he says, I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee, in Abraham. Now this is, this, is, this is prophecy coming from the words of God. It's really more than that. It's a covenant. But he says this, In thee, Abraham, shall all the families of the earth be blessed. See, God was working. You continue to read. You can see and and and. And throughout, as he talks to Jacob and as he talks to, to, to the, the others, he talks to Moses that he has a plan that all the earth may know, David said. Isaiah 49, this verse is, is probably one of my most favorites in all the Scripture. Isaiah 49 verse 6 says this, and he said, this is God speaking literally to Jesus Christ, and he said, it is a light thing that thou shouldest be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob. In other words, he says, look, it's a small thing that you would be the redeemer of Israel. 
and to restore the preserved of Israel. You, you know what? For God Almighty, for Jesus Christ, saving, saving one nation wasn't a hard task. It wasn't a heavy weight or a heavy burden for him to pick up. It was a light thing. So God says this to Jesus. I will also, God the Father says this, I will also give thee for a light to the Gentiles. That's good news for most of us here tonight. I don't know if any of you have Jewish heritage, but I don't think I do. I don't know. I'm an American, so I'm a mutt. Um, But can I tell you something? God has sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to be the Savior of the world, that thou mayest be my salvation unto the ends of the earth. Jeremiah was a prophet unto the nations. There are still a lot of nations in this world that need that gospel light. And then he says this, I have ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Then then Jeremiah, and I, I, I don't believe that Jeremiah was being... Um, you know, in, in a sense, he, he wasn't saying, oh, Lord, I, uh, I can't do that. No, I think he was truly concerned about his own thought that, verse number 6, that he could not speak. I believe that he, he truly heard God speaking to him and said, there's no way I could do that. I, I'm not the man for the job. I wonder, does that sound familiar to you as you think of, of Moses at the burning bush? Who am I that I uh, that I should be your witness? That I should stand before Pharaoh? He says, I cannot do it. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. Now, now some suppose him to actually be a child, um, but I, I don't believe so. I think he would have at least been in his, his 20s. He, he would have been somewhat mature, but he was still very young. He would prophesy for, for over 40 years. Still very young. But he says this, I'm a child. In other words, I I don't have much life experience. I'm not prepared to stand before the people and speak. I'm not the prophet of the nations that you have you've said. I I don't know why you would ordain me or waste your time on me. I'm I'm a young man. I'm not prepared for this. But notice what God says in verse number seven. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child. Notice this. There's two things here. Two extremely important things. Don't say, God says, don't say I'm a child. Why? For thou shalt go unto all that I shall send thee. And whatsoever I command me, thou shalt speak. There are two things that God had specifically for Jeremiah to do. Now, not... Not hard things, not new things, not things that you've never heard of before. He desired for him to go, and he desired for him to speak. He desired for him to do something. Go. You know, it's interesting when when we when we have a missions conference like we did, it's all it's still hanging up here. Many many of Christians. As a, as a missionary myself, we've been to many mission conferences, and many Christians are willing to say, you know what, I'll volunteer to stay. I'll be the one that stays and holds the rope. What is it? Oh, 20 pounds a month, I can do that. I'll stay and hold the ropes. But I wonder, are you willing to go? I wonder, are you willing to stand with Isaiah when he heard the Lord say, who shall go? I wonder, are you willing to say, here am I, Lord, send me. I'm willing. 
I'm ready. I'll go where you want me to go. I, th- I think that it's probable that there are some of you in here tonight that God has been asking you, knocking on your door and saying, hey, I, I have something that I want to do with you. I wonder, are you listening to Him? Go. He said, thou shalt go. No, no, no. Where, where's He going to go? Now we know, in, again, back to Abraham, that God, God told, told Abraham to get out. He didn't actually tell him where he was going to go. He, he just said, get, get out of, of this country and, and get moving. And there are, there are some of you who maybe the Lord hasn't showed you where He wants you to go, but He wants you to get moving, to get up off your feet and, and to start getting ready because He has something for you. And notice what He says in verse number 7, And thou shalt go where? Wait, where? To all that I shall send thee. It, it wasn't, it wasn't where Jeremiah wanted to go. Jeremiah didn't say, you know what? I'm going to be a missionary and I'm going to go, uh, to Cancun. That sounds like a good place to be a missionary. No, you know what? God looked at Jeremiah and he said, you know what? I'm going to send you where I want you to go. God had a specific mission for him. And in fact, we know this. It's, it's not our mission. It is his mission. And I love how it says, Thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee. You know what? It wasn't, Jeremiah wasn't going to partially obey. He wasn't only going to go halfway. He was going to go all the way where God had led him. Thou shalt go. And then he says this, not only thou shalt go, but he also says this, and whatsoever I command me, command thee, thou shalt speak. There are many in this world who are going Going with well digging machines to, to dig wells in Africa. Going with large medical packs to, to try to help the people in Asia. Many people who are going with the, the purpose of taking new clothes and every new philanthropic cause that you can come up with, any kind of charity. Can I tell you, that's not world evangelism. That's not missions. Missions isn't just taking Water to people who need water. It is taking the living water to people who need the living water. They need a message. You're going to speak, God said, what I command thee. You're going to say the message of God. See, there are, there are people in this, in this city who are excited about the causes of this world. But I wonder, are you excited about the cause of Christ? The most exciting thing in this world is not the coronavirus and the new vaccine and the new lockdown and the new jabs. The most exciting thing in this world is the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the message. That's what Jeremiah was going to speak. He was going to speak that these people would get right with God. Our our dear brothers are going in in a week's time. They're going to, to Ireland. Why? Not, not to tell people not to get jabbed. Not to tell people that, 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 you know, they, they, they should not be a part of the extinction rebellion. You know what they're going to tell people? Hey, you need to get right with God because time is running out. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. The message that we bring as Christians is the most important news on planet earth 
Yet it is the most forsaken word on planet earth. I wonder where you speak it. He went with a message. He went to preach, to call people to repentance, to return to God, to turn away from their wickedness, to get right with God, because time was running out. And it wasn't His message. Whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Now, you know what I love about this passage? Jeremiah 627 uh, B.C., before Christ, to about 586, this is all happening. This is when He's speaking. And, And God looked at Jeremiah and He said, Go and speak. Let me say it this way. Go and preach. Now take your Bibles with me to Matthew. So somebody likes to say, well, that's good that God called Jeremiah. Let's look at Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. Now this is Jesus Christ. He is ascending up into heaven. He is looking at the disciples. I believe He was speaking to the New Testament church. Verse 19, He says this, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. What was his message in the New Testament? Go and teach. What was his message to Jeremiah? Go and preach. Look, look, look with me at Mark 16. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. And he said unto them, now, now this again, Jesus Christ speaking to the disciples. And he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Go and preach. Jeremiah, go and speak. Look with me, Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24, verse number 47. And that repentance and remission, right? Turning and forgiveness of sins should be preached in my name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. Guess what? He said, go preach. Go and preach. John chapter 20. John chapter 20 and verse number 21. I love this. Jeremiah, he, he said to Jeremiah, go. Where, where was he going to go? Thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee. Jeremiah 20, verse 21. Then Jesus said again to them, Peace be with you, with you as my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. Acts 1.8. This is the Great Commission. You guys are familiar with it. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses. Guess what? You shall preach unto me both in Jerusalem, and all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Can I tell you what the task of the New Testament Christian is? The task of a New Testament church is, it is to go and preach. It is the same message that Jeremiah had. The gospel message. The message that Jesus Christ loves people. 
that He died on the cross for them. A lot of people like to have excuses. There's a man by the name of John G. Patton who the Lord had, who had really laid on his heart that he should go and be a missionary to the New Hebrides. Some islands down in, in uh, I believe, the South Pacific. And as, as he was going, many people began to discourage him. See, just a, a few months before, maybe a year before, uh, another man had gone down who wanted to be a missionary. And that man said, you know what, I'm going to go down to the New Hebrides. And, and guess what? Word got back to England that that man, that missionary, was eaten alive by cannibals. I guess he wasn't alive, but he was taken alive and then eaten by cannibals. And so many people looked at John Patton and they thought, you know what, you're a fool. We know what happens to people when they go down there. One, one man said, you know, if, if you go down there, the cannibals, you will be eaten by the cannibals. And John Patton replied to this man, he said this, Mr. Dixon, you are advanced in years now and your own prospect is soon to be laid in the grave. There, listen to this, you are advanced in years now. Could you imagine, just imagine a young man looking at an older man saying this, you are advanced in years now and your own prospect is soon to be laid in the grave. There to be eaten by worms. I confess to you that if I can live and die serving and honoring the Lord Jesus, it will make no difference to me whether I am eaten by cannibals or by worms. And in the great day, my resurrection body will rise as fair as yours in the likeness of our risen Redeemer. You know what? You know what John Patton said? The Lord has called me to go. I'm going to go and I'm going to speak no matter what happens. People tried to discourage him. People were against him. They were, they were against Jeremiah. Jeremiah is believed to have been martyred ultimately. But he was beaten. He was imprisoned. Why? Because there is a message. Because there is a real God in heaven that cares for the real souls of mankind. Souls of mankind who are separated from God because of their sin. And therefore, they're accountable. And eternal punishment because they have sinned against an eternal God. But God in His grace and in His mercy and His love sent His Son to die. And now, God in His continued grace and mercy and love sends you and me to be instruments in His hand to witness of His Son. I wonder, what are you doing? And have you heard that call from God today? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for Thy Word. We thank Thee that it is still valid and still true. We thank Thee that the command and the call on Jeremiah's life is as real and as heavy on our lives today. Lord, and I do pray and I ask that we would feel the weight of it. As Jeremiah did. If I'm honest, I'm not a weeping preacher. 
Lord, give me a greater concern for the souls of the lost. Give me a greater driving passion to reach people. Lord, give us all that passion, that fire. Lord, send a revival that nothing could be named amongst us save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Please light us on fire for Thy glory, we pray. In Jesus Christ's name.